Hi everyone, welcome back to Marvelous Geeks. I'm Gisani Sophia, and today I'm here with my favorite writers on this planet. You know her, you love her. It's Katie from Nerdy Girl Notes. Hi everybody. <laughs> How are you? I'm, you know, just getting through, getting through life, but uh, doing okay. Finding new things to watch and love all the time. <laughs> y'all are. So, <laughs> we're going to talk about today is a show that Katie got me into. Well, fun fact, here's the thing. Even if I don't watch something that Katie has written about, I'll read it because that's how much I love her work. And you are far too kind. <laughs> I, we've had different opinions, like significantly different opinions on things, but I was like, I, Katie wrote a thing. I got to read the thing. So that's how much I respect her opinion. And so when she started talking about the spy drama, I was like, uh, ma'am, tell me more. What spy drama? And up until this moment, I had not even heard of the Americans. So what, what's the Americans, Katie, for those who are still under a rock after all these years? So the Americans is basically how I describe it to people is, do you like the fake married trope? Because if so, The Americans is the show for you. The Americans tells the story of Philip and Elizabeth Jennings, but here's the deal, not their real names. Their names are Mikhail and Nadhirshta, and they are from Russia. They're spies from Russia for the KGP who were sent to America to live undercover as Americans, marry each other, have kids with each other, pose as the perfect American family, to get a whole bunch of dirt on the American government. Spoiler alert, at the beginning, they do not love each other, or at least Elizabeth does not love Philip. The crux is, is that going to change over time? There's what the show is really about. It's, it's a spy show, but it's not really. It's about love and family and all that good stuff. <laughs> when did you, what season did you start watching again? I started watching like in real time in season three. I got season one on DVD from my sister for Christmas because she was like, I remember you saying that people said this show was good. Do you want to watch it? And I was like, of course I want to watch it. It has spies. Like, as you know, Alias is one of my favorite TV shows of all time. Don't get me wrong. Love Alias Forever, one of my first favorite TV shows. The Americans is a better spy show, hands down. Like, just better show in general. Don't get me wrong, always love Alias. The Americans is better. So I started watching it, and I thought, maybe I'll get through seasons one and two and three, like, together by summertime, like, from Christmas. Oh, no, I binged season one, then I binged season two, then I had time to spare before season three started because it's that addicting. So season three, short answer, was the first full season I watched. I love this. And I remember... <laughs> your tags I remember literally everything and then there was one scene which we'll get into later that the second I saw gifts of that scene I was like I need to watch this show and it's like such a simple scene but it's still to this day one of my favorite scenes between Philip and Elizabeth I think you might know what it is I'm not sure if you do but personally the Americans it like I can't think of another drama actual drama that I feel like critics everybody considers a drama that is better 
even there's another show that I feel like people will often try to say is better, but the Americans had the best series finale I've ever seen in my entire life. I 100% agree. I am the kind of person who they lump like the Americans in with the like prestige shows of like Mad Men and Breaking Bad and all of these shows that I just could never get into. I tried. I tried real hard. I'm like, if I'm going to write about TV, I need to watch these shows. I just couldn't get into the like sad, angry white man dramas. So then you give me like sad, angry lady and I am in it. I am in it to win it. Thank you, Elizabeth Jennings, because that is what took the show over the top to me. Like if you have a really complex, interesting female character, I'm going to be in so much more than like Walter White struggling with whether or not he's a bad person, which he is. But (laughs) I did watch Breaking Bad in its entirety just because I was like, I felt like I had to. That was back when I felt like I had to watch everything to be considered legit or whatever. And so I did it and I got to the end and I was just like, okay. (laughs) Okay. I, I, the whole time I was like, what, what's happening here? Why? What, what? And uh, drugs are not my cup of tea. That's one mm-hmm. thing. Where I just I don't like to watch anything with drugs. I can do violence. I can do gore. But anytime drugs are involved, I just not my brand. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. And like you said, <laughs> just angry white men. I was like, okay. <laughs> and <laughs> but you put spies together and you put a complex female as the lead, and it's Carrie Russell crying out loud yep (laughs) to go from Felicity to Elizabeth Jennings imagine having that much range oh my god no one else like your faves could never like literally (laughs) so we have to address it but that's one thing I'll never forgive the Emmys for there are things that I'm I'm angry about but this I just I I don't understand. No. How? I will argue this forever, that if the roles were reversed, and for people who don't watch The Americans, Elizabeth is the more by-the-book, hardline, true believer, the KGB is always right spy, who, like, doesn't give in to her feelings, does a lot of, like, frankly, unforgivable, pretty terrible stuff, and, like, pushes her feelings down to the point of showing what feels like no remorse about it at the time. We come to learn that she has a lot more feelings. She just pushes them down to do her job. Her husband is the more emotional of the two of them, or at least openly so. He, like, embraces his feelings in a way that is very American of him. I will always argue that if the roles were reversed and it was the male character who was doing all the things that Elizabeth was doing and pushing it all down, Whatever actor was playing her, be it Matthew Reese or someone else, he would have had six Emmys. It's the fact that people don't know what to do with a female character who's doing uncompromisingly unlikable things. Nope. And also, even if I feel like if she was the kind one that was willing to share her feelings and was open, then they'd be like, oh, well, that's there's nothing special about that. That's every woman. And just, mm-hmm. I... Yep. It is, like you said, lots of things to hold grudges about the Emmys for, but that one will forever be at the top of my list. I get over it. <laughs> nope. 
Well, the Americans won Best Drama. So we have that. We have Matthew Reese finally winning. But I can't do it. I can't, like, fully mm-hmm. ever let go of that grudge that I have. Because, wow. Yes. Especially in that last season where the internet has so many ways of dissecting her facial expressions and you especially are so good at it. <laughs> you mean my appreciation for Carrie Russell's forehead vein? <laughs> oh, deserved an Emmy. But yeah. she, the Americans is a hard show to watch. Like I still don't know how you reviewed it weekly. I, I could never. So it's a hard show to watch and to have your lead be a woman and to constantly give her everything and again, to come from an iconic role like Felicity, where everyone knows her as Felicity. Even if you didn't watch, you know about the Felicity haircut. You know. <laughs> to be something so completely different, alone, is just, hello, who is this woman? Mm-hmm. And in the final season especially, like, come on. Exactly. I just am always a believer in the fact that, like, if you're going to do it, like, then give it to her for a body of work. And I just remember thinking it was going to happen. And I was like, okay, they really, like, threw the gauntlet down in this last season. She had, like, some episodes that were really just focused on her. She went on this whole emotional journey. It's time. And then they, like, don't read her name. And I just remember being, like, chill. I was like, what What are you doing? <laughs> My mood just completely went down after that. So I was yep. like, this is, this is it. This is the end. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, I can't trust anything you ever do now, Emmy, so it's fine. <laughs> because there's so much that went into this show, and I, I don't know if I would have liked Elizabeth if it was someone else. I really don't, because of how much Carrie Russell showed us without telling us. She just, it was all 90% show for her. And how many people really do that? The actresses and actors have moments where they do. But 90% of the show was her just show, don't tell. Mm-hmm. And that is, like, to me, the best kind of storytelling, especially in a visual medium. Like, the fact that you can just put a close-up on her face and you can tell that she's going through, you know, 900 different emotions and you can unpack it in whatever way you choose to, which is such an interesting thing in TV, too. Like, leaving things open to interpretation and treating the audience like they're smart enough to figure it out is my favorite thing about her performance. It's like, we're not going to hand this to you on a silver platter. Like, just look at her face and figure it out yourself. (laughs) I don't understand. I don't forgive it. But what... So the first half of this podcast will be somewhat spoiler-free so that if you haven't seen it, you can go into it without expectations. No, not expectations. English. What is English? Without spoilers. Uh, but initially when you started watching, because we're a lot alike in the sense that we we love happy crying and we love crying because of all the emotions we feel. Did the show get you like at any point where you're like, I don't feel this? I had like, I need to keep going because I love it so much. I was terrified at one point. Mm-hmm. I remember watching the pilot episode and to you know say no spoilers because there is a very definitive moment in the pilot episode where something happens and something happens that sort of spurs their relationship forward for the rest of the series and that was the moment when I went like 
okay, so this isn't just a spy show. Like, this is giving me real feelings. Like, I have real feelings about these two people now. And I'm invested in their relationship literally from the pilot. So, okay, I'm going to get in. And then you sort of get further into season one and you see all of the terrible things that they have to do for their job. And you're like, can I keep watching this? Like, can I watch people just do bad things to each other? And, you know something that needs to be said about the Americans is they're doing it for a cause that like us as Americans are in a weird position of watching. Cause you're like, I'm watching these people do terrible things for the other side of the cold war. So how am I supposed to feel about this? And ultimately like you sort of go, all right, I'm finding myself not necessarily rooting for them, but wanting them to like, at least not like die or quote unquote lose or whatever, which puts you in a weird spot. Cause I remember feeling very uncomfortable about that at one point, but I feel like there, the season one finale was sort of the moment where I went, I have so many feelings about this and I'm sitting here and I'm crying about these two people and I'm completely in and basically anything you throw at me, which they throw a lot at you then in terms of like body counts and really creative ways to do bad things to people that end up happening. But at the end of the day, you're like, nope, this has an emotional core that is going to keep me going even when stuff looks really, really bleak. It's never going to get too bleak because at the end of the day, I know that this is a show about a marriage and a relationship and a family. And I can sort of tune all of the other, this is too bleak for me out, which is what I needed. Yeah. And that's the thing that I respect most about this show is that while I didn't fully trust it to give me what I wanted, there was a sense of ease that whatever they delivered, it was going to be right for the characters. There was never a moment where I was like, they're going to do something that I'm not going to be able to forgive. And that's so rare to feel that with television, especially now. 90% of the things I watch, I'm just like, I you, you could just subvert expectations and ruin everything. And with drama especially, they have a lot of room to do that even if it's not a fantasy, like they could have found ways to make things weird. It's happened. Like as much as I love Alias, what happens after the third season, I was just, I, I, uh, okay. That's happening. Like spy shows have a way of kind of going weird directions, but I, for some, I always had hope. I think it was after the third season where I was like, I don't know how the show is going to end, but I know I'm going to appreciate it. And I don't think I felt that way about writing ever. Up until that point, I don't think I was ever like watching a drama, especially comedies. You kind of, there's a lot more room to trust. But with a drama, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to feel this way where I watch something and think whatever they do, I'm going to be okay with it. Like I'm going to forgive them or I'm going to, because up until at one point in the beginning, I was like, either one of them is going to die. And I'm going to be, I'm going to be okay with that somehow. They're going to make it work. So I, it's a very interesting, I, I don't know. It, yeah. I see more people watch it. That's what blows my mind. Mm-hmm. It was 
writing about the show every week really hit that home for me, how tiny a little shoebox of a fandom that was. It was so small, but great because it was small. So there was like no dramatics and theatrics in it. Um, But it just constantly hit home to me that why are more people not watching this? Like, why is this, you know, a thing that everyone is sleeping on when everyone else in the world is talking about all these other dramas? Like, what are we doing? Right. And, and still, I, till this day, even after the Emmys, like, I yeah. don't know many people that just went, hey, I don't know what this American show is, but I'm going to start watching it. And that's, I'm disappointed. Like, I have so many friends that, not to call them out, but we <laughs> are kind of calling them out where I'm just like, why are you still sleeping on this? I know I always want to tell people like listen it's only like some episodes have 13 season or 13 some seasons only have 13 episodes some have 10 like it's only six seasons it's on prime like get on it people <laughs> do it 22 episodes yeah which is like, always my deal breaker I'm like uh, I don't know if I commit to that yeah and for the most part, they're not those, like, drama episodes that try to go, like, the, like, 75 minutes. Like, they're not that until the last season they get a little bit longer. But for the most part, they're not those, like, we're going to stretch these out forever episodes. So they're, it's an economical way to spend your time, people. What else are we doing? Watch the Americans. <laughs> and again, I have so many friends. Like, I think a lot of them might even be mutuals where I'm just like, you still don't watch the Americans. Why? And every time there's any kind of questionnaire on Twitter or anything that's like, what's the best series? It's, it's a no brainer. Yeah. I don't even have to take a second to be like, hmm, it's just start the Americans. Yep. There's, there's not a question about it. And I always think that's like, that should be the thing that draws people in the most is knowing like, you can watch this show and know you're not going to get disappointed in the end. Like you're just not. No matter what you watch the show for or what you're interested in, like, you are going to get to the end of it and you are going to feel completely satisfied and completely surprised at the same time, which is something I have never felt before watching a series finale. It's either you, like, are satisfied because you knew where it was going to go and you're like, oh, I like this, or you're surprised and usually there's a part of you that's, like, disappointed in whatever the surprise is because I don't really want to be surprised at the end. But this was, like... What if we surprised you, but then you found a way to trace back all of the things on the show and everything we did made sense? Like they, I was broken. I was satisfied. I was weirdly happy. And I remember thinking like, and this is so true. How many years has has it been two years now or one year? I think it's been two. Time is a very strange Who, who knows anymore? What is time? <laughs> no, I have moments where I'll just think back and I'm like, that that finale. I'm, I said it. I was like, I'm going to keep thinking about this for a long time. And every now and then I'll just sit there and I'll just think of the Americans finale. And every time something disappoints me, I'm like, well, at least I'll feel, I guess I'll just go rewatch the Americans finale. I was actually just looking at, because this is what I do, I was looking at my own Tumblr tags the other day, and there was, to get my prep for the Americans, and there was a post I made after, not to get snarky about Game of Thrones here, but 
after the Game of Thrones finale where I reblogged something that was basically saying like people in the Americans fandom cannot relate to what people in the Game of Thrones fandom are going through. Sorry, like I don't my show did not end on a bad note. I mean, granted, I love both shows, so they're both my shows to some extent, but like it taught me what a satisfying season or series finale could be. So then you watch other things and you're like, oh, well, but you could have done it satisfyingly because the Americans did. So don't give me that it's impossible to stick the landing because the Americans did. And like, I don't need everything to be wrapped up in a neat little bow and sunshine and unicorns. Like, I can be really sad at the end of something as long as that sadness is justified. And that's the thing with the Americans. Like, you're not going to, no one's going to come out of this, like, super happy. I was, I wasn't, like, in a great mood, but I was so deeply satisfied. Like, my heart was full, even though it was broken and just nothing made sense. But I was like, this finale made sense. This entire show made sense from the beginning to the end. They honored their characters. And that's the thing, what you were saying from the beginning. It is a spy drama. But at its core, it's about these characters and it's about their relationships. And that, I don't, here's the thing, I always feel like we've had this conversation before where we're like, well, we, you, something doesn't have to be dark, like darker things are rewarded for being much more superior and just better and yada, yada. And I feel like the happy things always get sidelined, but we and we always appreciate the happy things and I feel like that kind of we've had conversations where it's like what does that say about our characters but the Americans and what it did is what proved to me that hey I don't need it to be happy and I don't need it to be sunshine and rainbows I just need it to feel right and I need you to pull me through emotions that just are justified and make sense Completely. I feel like, like you said, we've talked about this before. And I think the thing that the Americans somehow managed to balance really well is having a very serious and at times very dark storyline with never feeling like it was doing that just for the sake of doing that. Like it never felt like the creators of that show were nihilistic in any way. It never felt like they were like, we believe that the world is full of terrible people and terrible people do terrible things for terrible reasons. And that's it, which is the sense you get from a lot of more serious drama or dark media. But this was more like sometimes people have to do awful things because they're in essentially a war. But how do you hold on to your humanity in that? How do you retain the little bit of goodness that is left in you? And how do you find somebody else who brings that out of you? And that's what I always loved about that show is it was never a sense of these people saying like, well, the world's terrible. Who cares? This is people saying sometimes the world is terrible, but what's important is finding the thing that's not, whether that's inside of you or whether it's in a relationship, whatever it is things may not necessarily end well or end perfectly or be great all the time. But what matters is you are true to yourself. You're true to the relationships that you form around you. And to me, like that allowed it to be a show that got darker sometimes, but was never completely like everything's meaningless. 
-hmm. which is never the kind of media I want to consume. And another thing that often I feel like isn't taken as seriously is relationships. If they last, I feel like most of the time when something is nominated for an award, it's a relationship that is broken and it's a relationship that doesn't come back. And the Americans broke Philip and Elizabeth. They had moments where they were separated. Spoiler alert. I feel like that's just a given though, that they were separated, that things weren't peachy with them. And I feel like even up until the end, it never really was. But you still felt the essence of their love and how palpable it was no matter what they were going through. You kind of had this sense of hope that even if they don't end up together, even if things go completely south, what these two people share is unparalleled. And that's another way that I was really grateful for it because I I need... I don't need a show to have a relationship. I, even if it's platonic, I need some kind of a bond to be like to attach myself to because we're humans. Humans need humans. And if it, and the pandemic has proven anything, it's that humans really do need other humans. Desperate to have it all end and to see people again. But that we all need it. So I feel like that's one thing that I'm grateful this show did because so many other darker shows that I watched, like Sons of Anarchy, uh, Breaking Bad, even Game of Thrones, there, there's always death in the relationships. And I feel like that's seen as, oh, look, this is, this is the kind of relationship you get in a drama. And I'm, I'm not about that life. I want a relationship that lasts, even if it goes through hell and back. Like I. Oh, completely. I am the same way. I feel like I, like you said, it doesn't have to be a romantic relationship. It can be a platonic relationship, but I'm probably not going to connect with a piece of media if I don't have that dynamic of some sort to invest in. And from right away, the thing that invests you in Philip and Elizabeth's relationship is trying to figure out what's real and what's not real. And then watching things become real and then build something that's real is fascinating because it's not just building the good parts of something that's real, it's building the bad parts of something that's real too. You get to see them fight and fight about things that are both completely spy world related things, but are also in a way very normal married people things, things about raising their kids and do you want your kids to go into the family business if you have a family business <laughs> or like what kind of future do you want for your children things like your careers balancing home and work and it's these things that like are difficult conversations and are things that real couples talk about just sort of heightened because you're in a life or death world and what I always loved about their dynamic was the sense that like it was never fully terrible or fully perfect like you never were like oh they're this you know like not to use fairy tale in a derogative way because as we both know I loved once upon a time but like it was never this yeah it was never this fairy tale perfect relationship but it was also never this like completely broken horribly angst-filled thing it was very realistic and I have always argued that in a weird way the Americans is a piece of media that makes me understand as a single woman why someone wants to get married. It reflects to me why people want that and why at my core I want that. It's the idea of partnership and it's the idea of like it's never gonna be 
perfect and your relationship is never going to be perfect, but it's about finding someone who sees you, who knows your truth and you know their truth, including all the messy stuff. But you have decided that like, I am making a choice to let you see this and to work through things with you and to acknowledge that it's never going to be perfect, but we're going to do this together because that's what we're going to do. Agreed. The it's real and it's, there's something so oddly hopeful and comforting about it, even the darkness, because life is darkness and there's going to be darkness until the day we're gone. That's just, we're never going to have complete happiness through and through. So knowing that there's that partnership and somebody who does see you and appreciates you even when they don't is something so incredibly profound that I feel like you, it's, it's not even something you talk about. It's just something you feel. And so that's what the Americans made. It, it made you feel that. That's the thing. I felt their relationship. I felt their arguments. I felt their darkness. And so much of my love for this show came from the fact that I, I knew that whatever happened with them, I was going to be okay. And I think that that is entirely due to how realistic the writing is. And so going back to what we were saying about why people are not watching it, I just, again, hello, friends. What are we waiting for? I don't get it. I will always tell people that this is the one drama where I never doubted the writing like I doubt the writers of a lot of shows and in terms of comedies I don't doubt Mike Sure. like that is he is on but they are on a league with that so like Joe and Joel are on the same plane as Mike Sure to me in that they are the only creators that I would actively seek out interviews from after an episode aired because for the most part you tend to, and I mean, you know this as someone who also has written and analyzed about TV, there are times when you are convinced that you know more about the show than the creators do, you pay attention more, you love the characters more than the creators do, and their interviews do nothing to change that opinion. You're like, this is, you don't understand your own show. With Joe and Joel, you feel like, I'm learning more about this show. Like, you clearly have put the time, the energy, the investment into it. And it's so nice to partake in a piece of media where it was made with such care and such thought, like the amount of detail that went into things like what TV episode was playing in the background. They would specifically go to TV guides from 1982 to find exactly what would have been playing at 8 PM at night in Washington, DC. Like it's in incredible and it just gives you the sense that these two people who were creating the show and all the writers they brought into it and all the directors they brought into it cared about it as much as you cared about it as a fan and that is something you don't feel especially not six seasons into a show you might feel it in the first season or the second season but by the end to feel like these creators were never tapped out either personally or creatively is something that I just want people to know going into the Americans. Like, you're not going to be disappointed if you go back and read old interviews or, like, you want to read recaps or listen to their old podcasts, like, as you're watching, you're not going to be disappointed in these people. Like, these are people to put your faith in as viewers. Um, 
Yeah, and I can't tell you how many times I've watched something and then I've gone and read the interview and it's like, no, that's not the story we're trying to tell. And you're like, how is that not the story you're trying to tell when I'm not the only one that sees this way? Multiple people are trying are seeing it this way. Even your actors are seeing it that way. And yet writers are still like, that's not the story we're trying to tell. And I'm like, do you know what story you're trying to tell? Not to insult anyone, but it's almost just... I almost feel like there's this thing on the internet to just be coy and to to not re- reveal too much, and it it gets exhausting to to feel like writers are somehow taking advantage of fandom because fandom is so loud. And maybe that's another thing to appreciate about this show is that fandom wasn't loud, but fandom was really invested and appreciative, and the writers saw that and the writers rewarded them. So I don't know. Because I, I didn't really get involved in fandom. I would just, new episodes, I would go to your Tumblr and I would reblog everything you did. So I didn't see the core of things, but I do remember reading certain interviews where I'm like, oh, we're on the same page. Okay. And that's something not many shows have. It's, yeah, other than comedies, I can't think of a single drama that had that. No, like I don't, especially like I said, going further into the show, because there are times when you, you know, watch a pilot and you read interviews or you like watch press junkets with people and you go like, oh, we're on the same page. We like all the same stuff. And then by the season one finale, like the creators doing some interview where they're like, well, these two characters don't matter at all. And you're going, oh, they're the two I invested in. Great. Thank you. But this never had that. And like you said, I think there is a sort of appreciation and mutual respect that happened between the creators and the fans. But it was never like that weird thing that you get in fandom sometimes where the creators are too involved in fandom. They were very like, we appreciate you. I mean, they when they won the Emmy for writing, they were up there thanking, you know, our tiny little shoebox of a fandom. But like, they were never like, we're going to be buddy buddy with the fans or like reply to people's tweets. Like they weren't, there was a a healthy disconnect there, which was great because it allowed you to appreciate the show. And it also, it kept the fandom small, I think, which I mean, there are positives and negatives to having small versus large fandoms, but coming from larger fandoms into the American fandom, it was exactly what I needed as a person was to be like, oh, I'm only going to have positive reactions with these people. Like, this is great. All right. There's there's pros and cons to both. But um, I guess in a way, like, I'm really glad it won for its final season as best drama, which, again, I still don't know why people are sleeping on it. Like, if usually the Emmys are how I get my new shows. When Fleabag won everything, or had I watched, no, I had I had watched Fleabag before. But The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, for example, after its second Emmy, I was like, I should probably give the show a shot now. Like, that's how I all discover shows. So I don't know why so many people are sleeping on it, guys. And so basically, the next part of this will be not spoiler-free. So turn this off. 
watch the Americans. What are your top three reasons people should watch the Americans? Okay. My top three reasons people should watch the Americans are one, it has what I think are two of the best performances that have ever been captured on television. Matthew Reese and Carrie Russell in these roles are incredible. And also if you're the kind of person like me who like is secretly, but not so secretly a real life shipper kind of person, like you get to watch these two people fall in love for real. Like they are together. They have a baby. It happened while they were on the show. So like, know that you're not just watching two great performances like you're watching like chemistry that is legit and you can invest in it without like feeling weird about it because they got together and they have a kid so like enjoy that um my second reason people should watch this show is that it never tails off it starts fantastic and it ends fantastic and it does not let up you're not going to be bored you're not going to be going are there filler episodes i should skip like every single episode of this show is a gem. And my third reason why you should watch it is because you will feel respected as a viewer. You will feel like your intelligence is being honored. They don't treat you like you're dumb. They don't treat you like you're a little kid. They don't spell things out for you. They let you use your critical thinking skills and your analytical skills that you piled somewhere in the back of your brain after high school English and they make you dig them out again. And it is a smart show without being like we're so smart we're so much better than you it challenges you as a viewer in the best possible way by making you feel smarter when you finish watching it than you did when you started i don't even have any i don't have different reasons mine are literally the same the only other thing i would say is that if you are somebody that struggles with heavy drama like i generally do sometimes just sake of my own mental health I don't want to be invested in something that's too dark but with this show there's such a beautiful balance that I genuinely feel like you won't struggle and like Katie said you're gonna feel appreciated and you're gonna feel intelligent you're not gonna feel like you're being belittled by people who have made it and especially I feel like if you're into television and film it really is the kind of show that reminds you why. Like after watching The Americans, I was like, I this is the kind of drama and complex writing that I want to appreciate and I want to read because from beginning to end, it knew what it was doing. And at no point did it just go, we're, we're a little confused here. So we're just going to add these things that don't make sense. But it, it knew what it was doing. So please watch it, guys. I would call you all out personally. That's not nice. <laughs> I feel like the people that listen to this are going to know. They're like, I'm I'm one of these people. <laughs> like, I'm being personally attacked right now. Yes, you are. So please. Yeah, this watch. is why I'm saying this. <laughs> well, let's talk about that finale now. So stop listening if you haven't seen this because spoilers. But seriously, I, I said I was just reading your review and I was sobbing again because I remembered feeling all of those things. And I remembered we're both just kind of like someone's going to die. I remember from the very beginning of the last season where I was preparing myself. I was like, I don't know if it's going to be Philip. I don't know if it's going to be Elizabeth. One of them is going to die or Paige, God forbid, like one of the kids. But I, I knew that. I was like, somebody's dying and I need to get ready for this. Even if they do, it's going to be justified. I'll, I'll be okay. 
but nobody died. It's the most wonderful twist to me in any TV show. And I always feel like people think that's weird when I say like the twist is nobody died, but like that's the twist, like the twist is nobody died and they got away. Like you spend, I was so, we, we were, we were spending that whole last season preparing for there to be a death. I remember thinking like, Oh, it's going to be Philip. Like at the beginning, I was like, it makes the most sense. He's going to sacrifice. And then as the season's building, you're going like, actually, it probably makes sense for it to be Elizabeth. Like she is reawakening to this humanity in her. Like you could see that happening. And the fact that any of those possibilities would have been realistic and justified and felt earned in a real way is phenomenal. But the fact that it felt earned and justified but also maybe even sadder in the way they presented it that nobody died and they got away is just the most genius writing ever to me right because I was so broken like the second when Paige was walking I was like I'm uncomfortable like something is gonna happen here and I I thought they might take her I was gonna come take her but when you see her standing outside and you know she made her own choice or that no one was caught I was just like she's she's not going with them and as a daughter I feel like that that was much harder for me because I was just like I don't know if I could do this like can I yes and then I was like yeah I could because I have a younger brother and I was like if this was my parents I'd have to do this but I was like but she's still so young and that's the thing with Paige no matter how much she grew and she stood her ground and she was just, and here's the thing. I feel like teen, a lot of people don't know how to write teenagers. Not, well, 90% of people don't know how to write teenagers. They forget how to write teenagers. Like, yes, teenagers are annoying. They have their moments, but no one is just, I, I so many teenagers don't make sense. Paige Jennings made sense through and through. And so when she made that decision, I was like, oh, she's not a kid anymore. And granted, she, she wasn't, but I was still looking at her as one and appreciating her as one. But that moment, I was just like, okay, okay. And that's like just tears streaming down my face endlessly. It was. I could not agree more. I always, from probably like season two, had dubbed myself the captain of the Paige Jennings defense squad because I feel like she got so much unnecessary hate from mostly male TV critics who were watching the show and did not understand what that there could be female teenage characters who were not like stereotypically annoying. And I remember just thinking she's being written in the most beautiful way because she is a teenage girl who cares deeply because that's what teenage girls do. And a lot of teenage girls throw that into boy bands or their clothing or, and it's great because that's what you're doing as a teenage girl. You're looking for an outlet for that thing that's inside of you that wants to care and is still trying to figure out what that thing is that you're going to care about. And the thing that's cool about Paige is, it's framed once again in the way the Americans frames it as her trying to find that thing to care about in this broader context of a spy world mm -hmm. in that she first 
she wants to care deeply about religion because it's her little way of rebelling, which I think is like one of the most awesome little like side things on this show that like religion is her form of rebellion, which I love. And then it's sort of trying to figure out herself once she finds out what her parents really do and trying to find her place in that. And it's such a fascinating story of what being a teenage girl is and having this deep desire to care and to figure out who you really are and what is that. And then at the end, you see her sort of transfer from teenage girl to adult when she makes that choice. She's like, this is who I am. I am an American. I am your daughter, but I'm also Henry's sister. And I'm also my own person. I have to do this thing that feels right for me. And I just remember sobbing. Like when I, not just from being sad either, but from being proud of this fictional girl for figuring out like, this is who I want to be. Because I think we're all watching it sort of going, she's not going to have an easy time in Russia. She's not a Russian. She's an American. And knowing that she figures that out herself and she makes that choice, but also knowing how sad and lonely that choice is going to leave her when you see her at the end and she's back in that safe house and she's pounding vodka by herself. And you're like, this is, that's also adulthood in a way. But to my eyes right now, just remembering and thinking of her again. It's just, she is one of my favorite fictional characters because I feel like she is not, I always feel like she's like mine. Like a lot of other people didn't fully like love her or appreciate her to the extent that I did because I just always want teenage girls to feel like you can find your passion or yourself or your identity and it can take time and you can figure it out, but don't lose that part of you that wants to care deeply. Don't let the world take that out of you. And watching Paige figure out how she wants to use that and the fact that she's like, like you said, I mean, I'm an older sister. I have a sister and not a brother. But knowing that feeling of like, I could never leave my sibling back there. Like, I couldn't do it. Even no matter how much you love your parents or how much you think like this is the life that I'm supposed to be leading. Like, she said, I remember Paige saying earlier in the show when she tells Philip and Elizabeth, like, you two take care of each other more than you take care of Henry and me. And you sort of always got the feeling that Paige took her job as Henry's big sister very seriously. And I loved the fact that at the end, that was how she chose to define herself was as her own person, but also as Henry's sister. And I just remember thinking that that was so subversive in a way that like this teenage girl character is what the entire emotional crux of this show ended up being based on. And it's another way for me to just go, the writers are phenomenal because not only do they know how to write a teenage girl, they were like, we're going to take this demographic of characters that people tend to hate for no reason. And we're going to make the whole show really a, that comes down to her choice. So, so there. <laughs> that part agree. My thing was that I was just so deeply worried for her at first and how with Stan and everything and, the truth being out there, how she was going to make it and how her dynamic with Henry would change because would he learn the truth? How soon would he learn the truth? What would happen? And then in my head, I was just like, if the show did continue, these writers would find a way to make this work for me. And I trusting that helped me build my own 
version of what would happen because I was like, they wouldn't disappoint us. They wouldn't take us through something that didn't make sense. It would make sense. She'll be okay. And then Philip and Elizabeth reiterated that by saying they're not kids anymore. Like they'll be okay. And I lost it just straight up lost it. Like full on hysterical sobbing. Same, like completely, because to me, it all brings it back to like the fact that this show is once again a show about a marriage and a family wrapped up in this spy world. And at the end, it's a story about two empty nesters who have to say like, our kids are grown and they have their own lives and they're going to be okay. Like we, we raised good kids for as messed up as our lives were around them. You got to give them credit for the fact that they raised two good kids who are going to be okay. And to me, that's just the most beautiful note to end on is ending on the fact that like, once again, this is a show about something universal for people, but also told in the most specific way. It's a show about parents learning to say, our kids are growing up and we're going to have to, they're going to have to leave us behind. And that's the mark of us knowing we did a good job. It went the way that it started with the family. And this show has so many shots that have stayed with me from the beginning. And with Paige, one of my favorite shots with her is when she's sitting in the bathroom with Elizabeth. And she says, I'm praying for my mother. And I think about that so often because that's her outlet. That's her caring. And that scene just, it's like etched in my brain. And I, and then to see that scene of her in the end, and you're just kind of like, this is incredible. I don't even, what are words? That scene I remember that scene of them in the bathroom. The thing that got to me so deeply was for so long, we watched Elizabeth be so dismissive of that part of Paige. And we watched her actively hate that part of her daughter's life that she had chosen. And in that moment, she doesn't belittle it and she doesn't leave. And she just stays there with her. She might not pray with her. She might not participate actively but she's not belittling it anymore and she's not telling her to stop. And it's this moment of acceptance between mother and daughter. And I just remember thinking it was the most beautiful thing because it was Elizabeth basically saying like, I acknowledge this part of you that I was so actively against and that maybe you do need this in a way that I don't understand. And I'm not going to take that away from you right now. And it's just... It's just such a beautiful shot, the way that it's framed. It's so vulnerable and it's so real. Even whatever it is that teenagers are rebelling in or parents, whatever the issue is, there's always that moment of stillness where it might not make sense, but everything's fine. For a second, everything's fine. And it was so easy to appreciate that, to just feel it deeply. So, yeah. I, and there's there's the garage scene. I don't even I don't even know. I guess thank God Matthew Reese got an Emmy for that because. But then you you remember the scene with Elizabeth and uh, the phone call and then the realization and 
oh, this 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 episode is just every beat of it is perfect. I just remember thinking it started on such a unexpected high note and such a way that we didn't see coming because you think of spy shows and you think they're on the run. We got to move fast, 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 fast. And instead, because this is the Americans, it's like, let's take a beat and process the emotional weight of this decision of whether or not to bring Henry with us. And right out of the gate, they get you with this idea that like, we can't take him. And this whole, you never let that thought even enter into your mind as a viewer. It was always, if Paige is going, Henry's going too. And the fact that I always loved the fact that it was Elizabeth who was the emotional one in that moment, who was not being rational, who was, we have to take him with us. And Philip, who was being the person to say, it's not going to work. We can't do that. We can't, we have to use our heads and not our hearts in this situation. And Again, with the Carrie Russell should have been given every award possible, not just an Emmy. That moment when she just gasps and it's like from her toes when she realizes that she can't take her son with her is just the most heartbreaking thing because it's like finally Elizabeth is realizing the toll that everything has taken and what it's going to mean. And it is just the most beautiful moment. And then Philip just walks away and she lets herself crumble for a second. And it is my favorite little beat because it's this moment of her going like, I have to give into this. Normally I'm going to push this down and I will in a second. But for this moment, I need to grieve for the fact that I have to leave my little boy behind without even getting to really say goodbye to him. And it is just, oh, it's so beautiful, but so sad. physically cannot handle this episode because again I keep tearing up um exactly and that's the thing I feel like for for such a long time Elizabeth was unlikable because of the reasons we addressed in the beginning because she was a woman who was not emotional and just all that but this is a moment where you're just like this whole time this woman has felt everything to her core, but she swallowed it up for the cause. And I just, how do you not see that and appreciate her for every little thing that she's done? And it takes you back to all of her moments and who she is as a person. I just, it's all in that moment of finally allowing herself to just feel. Granted, there are a lot of moments throughout the show where she does feel, but this, there's something about this that you're like, this is it. This is Elizabeth Jennings. This is her heart on her sleeve. You can't, nothing's going to be the same after this. And then, I mean, like you said, then it all builds to the, you know, the garage scene, which is just, to me, the perfect example of this show zigging when you think it's going to zag in the best possible way that Stan, who's been trying to find the Russians for six seasons, and it turns out they've been living across the street from him this whole time, is in a parking garage with them, and he lets them go. And the fact that this show makes that believable, and it makes it so you don't just go like, well, that would have never happened. Like, they just clearly did that to get from point A to point B. No, like you 
feel that and the way Noah Emmerich plays it and the fact that you just see what that betrayal has done to this man and the fact that he genuinely still loves this family, even though they are the people he has been fighting against for so long. He, when push comes to shove and Philip gives him that ultimatum of we're not, we're getting out of here in this car. So basically he's telling him like, you have to kill us or we're getting out of here. And you know, because this show places such a high importance on relationships that he's not going to kill him. Like that's just not how this show works. So when push comes to shove, the thing that I loved the most about that scene was that it came down to relationships again. It was the fact that like Dan has this option. It's either kill these people, which is probably what the correct choice in terms of the FBI would have been, but relationships matter more on the show than anything else does. So he is going to feel and he's going to do the thing that I remember in season four, there was that moment where they get like a memo and it basically says like, don't say the FBI feels something because the Bureau does not feel. And I just remember thinking that was such a great summation for what these larger entities want these people to do on this show. The KGB, the FBI, it's all about forgetting that the people that are in them are people. And you put these human beings in this parking garage and they're not going to play by the rule book that their larger organizations think that they're going to play by. And they're going to trust their friendships and the relationships that they've built. So it, it makes complete sense, even though in that moment I was like, someone's dying. This is, a, this is the moment someone dies. And that's what I was preparing myself for. But again, that twist of them getting away, you're like, okay, this happened. I'm broken for Stan, but this happened. It just... And yet somehow it's still almost sadder than what would happen if there was a whole trail of bodies in that parking garage because you're going, these relationships, these things, like Stan has always had trust issues. We know that from the pilot episode when he was deep undercover and couldn't readjust back into life because he had such trust issues. And now Philip leaves him with that last bit of like, we think that your wife might be a spy, but we're not 100% sure. And the fact that you know that that is going to ruin that man's marriage, it's going to ruin his life. And the debate I always loved was, was Philip doing that to hurt Stan or was it he not? And I have always fallen on the side of, he genuinely thought he was giving Stan all of the information that he had available to him. He was not doing it to hurt him. He was doing it to say, I think you might want to look into this more. But at the same time, that doesn't mean it's not going to destroy this man's life. But Philip did genuinely love him. Mm -hmm. So there, there's that part of me that's like, it definitely was his way of thinking he's being helpful, even if it causes him pain and it's going to, it's going to cause him a lot of trauma. But again, back to Henry and Paige. I mean, yes, Henry and Paige at a moment there. Um, I trust that where the show will lead that character will be a place that will ultimately satisfy me if we did get more of the series. So I just, I don't, I don't even know. Like, 
It's so good that till this day, I, I don't think I'm ever going to watch it and not cry or think about it and not like choke up like I was five minutes ago. It's just, it's the best series finale objectively and personally. And I wholeheartedly agree, like believe this. Like, I don't think I'm being biased. It really is the best series finale of a drama show. Period. Fight me. I, listen, you're not going to get an argument from me on that because I completely believe that it is the only time that I've ever walked away from something going, I didn't see any of that coming. And yet every single choice they made felt believable and made sense and made sense for who the characters were, but more importantly, made sense for what the show was. And I loved the fact that this was always a show that could have gone huge. Like it could have had big car chases and huge moments and it had them sometimes. It would build to these huge screaming matches and these massive blow up moments between the characters. But the most powerful moments to me were always the quieter ones. And the fact that it was like, okay, we're going to take this last 90 minutes. And when you think we're going to go completely over the top, we are going to lean even harder into what we are. And to me, that is just a show that knows itself and trusts itself in a way that I don't think any other show I've ever watched trust itself in the end to say we're gonna stay true to what we are like love us or hate us this is what we've always been we've always been a show that favors emotions and character relationships in favor of big plot twists and huge you know set pieces so you're gonna get these moments instead and you're gonna walk away completely emotionally devastated in a way you did not expect to be so enjoy (laughs) Enjoy, but you actually will. Yes. Like <laughs> as broken as I was, I, I, I was so deeply satisfied that I don't know if I'll ever feel that way about a finale. Well, I did with the Good Place, but I feel like the Good Place has it's Mike Shore, so hello, mm-hmm. and comedy. But with the drama, I genuinely don't believe that I will ever watch another finale and think this might be better than the Americans. Yeah, I can't, I literally can't ever see that happening. The only time I think I could ever see that happening is if it was like a limited series and that is a completely different animal because you have, you know, eight episodes to tell a story and you're like, okay, you told it wonderfully. Try doing that for six times over. That's the difference. This is, uh, I feel like limited series, there's a lot I can actually think of that I really love, but an entire series, especially six seasons because for me after season three if it doesn't go downhill it's a miracle (laughs) so there you go it's perfect and I genuinely can't imagine anything topping it but before we end this I want to know what your I don't even know if you have one I have one because it's it's the scene that I was like I want to watch the show but what is your number one Philip and Elizabeth moment my favorite Philip and Elizabeth moment is I don't know if it's a surprising choice for people. It's kind of a weird choice if you don't know the show. And it is the tooth extraction scene in season three. Because to me, that is the 
biggest symbol of what this show is and the fact that it is a spy-related moment. It is Elizabeth gets in a fight and she breaks her tooth and she can't go to a dentist because they're looking for someone who looks like her. So she can't, and they told dentists because they know that her tooth is hurt. So she has to get her tooth pulled out of her mouth in her garage. Okay, on the surface, it just seems like this scene that's going to make you like squirm and hate everything and feel super uncomfortable. And yeah, maybe that's it. Like the sounds of it are horrifying, but it is the most intimate romantic scene I've ever watched because it's about trust between these two people to have her just completely laying back with her mouth open knowing that it is going to hurt so bad and yet she completely trusts her husband in this moment to do this horrible painful thing but to know that he's not going to hurt her any more than he needs to and zero dialogue is spoken zero dialogue is spoken in this moment and it is so good and there's the moment when he realizes that he didn't get the whole tooth and he has to go back in and again no dialogue is spoken he just shakes his head a little bit and you know what's coming and then she grabs his shirt before he goes back in and you're like this this is love like it is giving this person the power to cause you so much pain, but knowing that they, trusting that they are going to do everything they can to keep you from hurting any more than you need to. And to me, like that's the epitome of what their relationship is, what this show is. It's a show about intimacy and trust in a world and in a situation where that should not exist. It is this miraculous choice that these two people made to trust each other in a world where they know that trust is this fleeting, almost ridiculous thing. And to me, like, it doesn't get better. <laughs> that is, it's, it's definitely, like, I think it's my, the reason I love the scene I love is just because I remember seeing the gifts and I was like, I felt that. And then after I was like, okay, I need to watch the show. It's done. Like, it's going to be dark, but I, I need to watch it. But it's, I believe is it in season two or is it season three? You would know better than I do, but it's when Elizabeth just looks at Henry and she says, you look tired. And I, you don't hear anything in a gif, but I felt it on her face. Like I could almost hear her. I was just like, whoa, like these two, whatever is in between these two, this vulnerability is something that you're always going to feel. And I was like, I want to feel it all the time. So for me, that has such a special place in my heart. It's such a good moment. And anytime I like find myself rewatching it or looking at clips of that moment again, you're like, oh my God, the softness in that moment in a show that like is so hard some of the time to get something so soft. You're like, I just love it so much. And I want to live in this warmth forever. <laughs> That's exactly my brand. I, I live for moments that are that soft and angsty, but not. And I just, I'm the ultimate hurt comfort trash. So anytime you want to get me to watch something, you just have to be like, there, there's, the, there's hurt comfort. And I'll be like, oh, okay, what kind of <laughs> And I, I'm right there. I don't know what that says about me, but. Just seeing those gifts, I was like, oh, 
I, I feel this. And then I didn't want to watch the actual scene because sometimes I'll do that. I'll Google the actual scene. I was like, okay, I need to, I need to watch this show and I need to get to this moment. And so I did and I watched it and I was like, it's, it's better than I thought it was going to be. Oh. Well, God lost that moment because I'm so glad that it got you into it. <laughs> and then I just, there's so many good stuff with music and anytime any show puts under pressure anywhere, I'm like, you win. Whatever you do, I trust you. You chose under pressure and that song is just gold. And the Americans has so many moments with great music and great sound editing, which is not something I usually pay attention to. But with this show, it's impossible not to. And there's a specific scene that I remember all too well, and I know you do too, with the sound where I was like, I'm deeply uncomfortable, but I can't turn this off. Yep, I like, like my skin is crawling just thinking about it, but. <laughs> it wins in every way. And to, to just take it back to Elizabeth Jennings for a moment, but it wins in creating a complex woman who's, who is deeply flawed. Like the thing is, she's not complex in emotion. She's complex in her actions, her beliefs as well. Again, back to us being Americans and um, granted I'm second generation, but still uh, it's just, it's so easy to love her, to deeply appreciate her and to want the best for her and thus want the best for anyone in her life and anyone that she touches. I just, what, what are words? I mean, I completely agree. There's just, I don't think there's ever been a female character on a drama that I've watched that has been, I don't like saying like allowed because it feels like we're saying that women are allowed to do certain things, but who has been written in a way where she she never cares about whether or not you or people like her. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not this, I have to be, like, sweet or present myself in a certain, like, Elizabeth does not care. Like, she has, she's like, I have bigger things to deal with than whether or not, like, Stan Beeman likes me as Philip's wife. Like, it doesn't matter to me. Or whether or not, like, my daughter thinks I'm like a prototypically like sweet mom and I love the fact that that is almost like a permission as a young woman watching that show to go oh I don't have to be other people's definition of likable all the time like is Elizabeth Jennings the perfect role model to follow no but she is also a woman who gets to be angry And angry about, like, big things. Like, not just angry that her husband slept with the woman that he used to be in love with. Like, yes, she's allowed to be angry about that, too. But she's allowed to be angry about the state of the world. And she's allowed to be angry about things that aren't happening fast enough in the government and politics and bigger things. And when you watch it from the lens of 2020, you go, it's really great to watch a woman who gets to be mad and unapologetically mad and 
maybe not necessarily in the best way, but take that anger and turn it into action. Like she, as a teenage girl, decides to go serve her country, basically, because her family is like, we need to do something. And she is a character who is defined by taking anger and turning it into what she thinks are the right choices and in the end is confronted with the idea that maybe they weren't the right choices after all and I think that's great too because she gets to learn and she gets to make different choices then and she gets to take that anger that she felt and turn it around on the system that tried to manipulate her anger to serving its purposes and there's just something really great about watching a woman get to be forehead popping vein angry like it's great i almost wish we got to watch it for the first time now i would give anything to watch it for the first time today and just i i, I feel like i would react differently because I think we're both angry right now at the state of the world and our government and what's happening and i feel like i would react Ooh, i don't even want to know like five years ago was one thing today is a completely different thing and so I and it is sometimes it's about doing the right thing that you believe is the right thing and you genuinely wholeheartedly believe you're doing the right thing even when it's the wrong thing and that's just so human and oftentimes I feel like men are the ones who are written this way and it's not women and so Elizabeth Jennings alone deserves to be the reason people watch this show so that's that's my tea and and it's good tea because it's correct like if you if you are a woman listening to this podcast and you have not watched the americans yet which first of all what are you doing in the spoiler section like but also if you're feeling angry about the state of the world watch this show and channel that anger through elizabeth jennings like that's what i will say (laughs) i would give anything to watch it for the first time again I seriously would. I there aren't many things I say that about, but this show, I really wish I could watch it for the first time again and just see how I would react today. But you've written about it so many times and I'm thankful for that because anytime there was something where I was like, oh my God, this emotion, this this scene, and that's the one you wrote about. And I was like, thank God. Because, like I said, I couldn't write about this show. It, it was not the show I should have been writing about at the time. I was not in a good place. So I'm glad that you were the one taking one for the team, taking one for everyone, and writing about the show. So whenever you guys do watch The Americans, Nerdy Girl Notes is the place you go to. And you read everything she if you want, you know, thousands of words of feelings about tooth extractions and the like, it is there for you. I will always say that show was the most challenging thing for me to write about, but it was by far the most rewarding. It asked a lot of me as a writer and it asked a lot of me as a viewer. I would have to watch it and watch it so intensely and watch it multiple times before I wrote about it. But as we all know, sometimes that's like the best way to write about something because it makes you feel like like when we were talking about feeling like they the writers were people who never thought you were dumb. Like you never felt like you were investing in writing about something that 
in the end was going to be proven incorrect or was going to be, I invested all my time in, you know, analyzing this one thing only to find out it didn't matter. Every single thing on that show mattered. It was a show where like one look was like the key to figuring out what was going to happen for the rest of the season in terms of a character arc. And it was just so rewarding that way to get to go like, I'm going to dig deep into this. And I mean, I haven't written about another show in that level of detail since then. And I almost feel like if that's the last thing I write about to that extent, I'm very glad that it was the Americans because I don't know if any other show would ever give me that same reward for the amount of time and energy I put into it. It was it was a wonderful experience. Keep writing about the Americans. I <laughs> I would do anything for a post about Elizabeth Jennings and how she would handle 2020. I mean, maybe I should write something about why Elizabeth Jennings is the perfect blueprint for women right now. Happy to sit here and enable that. But thank you so much for coming on. Seriously, I remember thinking, like, when I started this, I forget when it was, I was just like, I need Katie to come on and talk about the Americans because there could be no one else. But thank you for coming on. Thank you having me this was wonderful it was great to just be able to you know throw all my feelings at someone who I knew would understand them <laughs> always happy to understand feelings where can people find you uh you can find me as you said nerdygirlnotes.com if you are looking for any of my recaps of the Americans I started in season three so season three through six Almost every, if not every episode I wrote about is out there and you can find me on Twitter at nerdygirlnotes seriously you I I don't think there's anyone that that follows me that doesn't follow you but in case if there is what are you doing with your life hello if if I could get Katie to write about everything that I love I would be a very happy person but sometimes life gets in the way of things how dare (laughs) thank you guys for listening and thank you for coming on and Watch The Americans. If you made it this far and you somehow haven't seen it and you're like, still not convinced, I'll come hunt you down. How about that? We'll pull an Elizabeth Jennings. Um, But thank you guys. God bless and goodbye.